Okay, so we're going to continue today on our series on vision and culture. And the last three weeks, uh, each of us elders have taken one of the strands of our vision statement, uh, his presence, our community, and their hope. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be moving on and looking at our culture traits, what it is we want to be like as a church, what we hope we already are, and what we're looking to strengthen, looking at traits like courage, generosity, honor, uh, and today we're going to be looking at integrity as part of that. Well, why are we doing these things? What, are, what, what is the point of it? Why have we chosen these particular words? There are so many words we could label as uh, good labels for a community, but why, why are we doing this? What's it all about? Well, it, as elders, we were looking at kind of where we were as a church, what we want to be doing, and, and where we want to be going, and really we're just like happened yesterday, we're laying out our stall, as it were. This is what we want it to be like. This is what we hope we are like and what we're moving into. And it just fits very nicely with outlining the vision. We wanted to outline what our community should feel like. And uh, we kind of looked at some of the, the words and phrases that are being used by other churches and what we wanted uh, to build on. And that's where we've come to. So we're starting these first uh, four culture traits, and there may well be others that we add along the way, but the, we just felt these are particularly important uh, for life together, not only for just us when we gather on a Sunday morning or when we gather in other church contexts, but then we can take it to anywhere else we go. And that's our heart, is that these sort of phrases like courage, honour, generosity and integrity will be something we live and get hold of wherever we are, that it can be who we are, it can become really who we are as a people but then we can help shape the cultures that we move in, wherever that might be. So in all things, in our marriage, in our families, in our households, in our workplaces, in our community groups, in the kids' work, youth work, we want it to be reflected in every aspect of who we are as a church, but whenever we're out and about as well. We, we can truly be culture shapers wherever we go if we are living it out ourselves. We are people of influence, and God's given us that. You might think, well, not me. I'm only a little, little on me in, in, the, in my job that I do, that I, I feel reluctant going to, or you know, the, the, the few people I have contact with. Yes, you. We're sons and daughters of the living God. We are people of influence. If we can get hold of these culture traits, we can shape the cultures we go into. And that's why we're doing this. And that's what we're going to be looking at, starting with integrity today. And uh, integrity, to me, I guess, is the idea of being true to who you are and what you believe. And uh, we're going to explore a little bit about what uh, integrity means for us as a, a church, as individuals within this church. And I guess when we think of integrity, it's very easy to think of people that don't have integrity. We see examples, unfortunately, of it declared loudly on the front of papers, on the news. We see people falling from things, uh, positions of authority, people who've misused their positions of authority. We see it far too much, and it's so obvious we need people who have integrity. Because when people misuse that, and people essentially are hypocritical and, uh, and, and dishonest, the fallout is large, and the ripples go all over the place, and it erodes people's sense of, any, of what is authority about. And we need to be people who hold on to integrity. It's important for other people. It's important for uh, society, it's important for our people that we uh, spend time with, our friends and family. Having integrity is important for us too. If we don't have integrity, it has an impact on us. And we need to have integrity because God is holy. 
and he calls us to be like him and to follow his example. So we're going to consider a few things of what integrity means for us. And uh, before we do, let me just pray. Lord God, will you speak to us right now? I pray, help us to hear what you want us to hear. Lord, as we consider the first of a number of different culture traits that you are calling us to as a people, help us to get hold of it. Help us to, to really hear your voice this morning. Will you change us and shape us? Lord, challenge us where we need to be challenged. Encourage us. Lord God, let us be different as a result of, of what you would say over these next few minutes. Amen. So the Bible tells us in Kings that David was a man of integrity. And God praises when he's talking to Solomon, David's son. He says, I want you to be like David, your father, who walked before God with integrity of heart and uprightness. God praised David for his integrity. So I thought it'd be a great place to start with a song that David wrote, this man of integrity. So we're going to look at Psalm 26 and what he said. So you can uh, turn to it uh, on your phone or on the, in your Bibles. It's also up on the screen. And I'm just going to read it to you because I think he's got some useful things in there as, as David sings this song to God and declares in it this idea of integrity and what he did to walk in integrity. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground in the great assembly I will bless the Lord. So I'm going to look at a number of different things of what integrity means. And for most of them, I'm going to start by saying what it doesn't mean and then show you the opposite. So first and foremost, integrity means not just talking the talk. God doesn't want us to just talk the talk. It's no good just spouting out loads of religious words and jargon, declaring we're Christians, insisting other people maybe even obey certain standards but then us not doing anything about it ourselves. It's possible to be full of all the right words and the right things to say, but actually not having a life that matches up to it at all. Integrity means not just doing that, not just talking the talk. Uh, years ago when I was a deputy head, uh, one, of the, one of the jobs I, need, I had to do in my leadership role was to observe other teachers and uh, watch them for how well they were teaching, how well the children were learning, and, and then give feedback. And there was another member of staff there who was considered by many to be a very, very good teacher. In staff meetings, he would come out with all sorts of stuff, and he'd come out with all the latest words and jargon, and he sounded really impressive. So you can imagine my shock when I went to watch the first lesson that I watched of him and was just stunned at actually how poor the teaching was. Because actually, on the face of it, he knew all the right things to say. He had all the, all the right jargon, and you would believe he was a fantastic teacher. And then I saw the lesson, and it was unfortunately, absolutely awful. 
the wonderful thing was when I spoke to him as gently and caringly as I could, he did respond and he was able to develop. And he, he took his teaching on from being simply jargon and actually put in some fantastic stuff. But we can be like that as Christians. We can spout the jargon. We can spout the words and say all the things we think people want us to say, but not live it out. Having integrity means that we're not just going to talk the talk. It's possible to fake it spiritually. It's possible just to tell people, oh yes, all this is going on, when actually there's nothing there under the surface. We don't want to be like people like that. Jesus makes it very clear. He doesn't want people who just talk the talk. And even people who then insist other people to live that way, but not doing it themselves. In fact, in a very long speech that's recorded in Matthew 23, I'm not going to read it now, but you can, you can read that for homework. He, he talks, woe to you hypocrites, woe to you hypocrites, over and over again, declaring to the religious leaders at the time who insisted on people doing all sorts of things but weren't prepared to do it themselves. That's not integrity. That's hypocrisy. He doesn't want us to be like that. He doesn't want us to people who just live out this, this fake image and talk the talk. He wants us to walk the walk. Integrity is not just talking the talk. He wants us to walk the walk. Our actions and our lives must match up with what we say. There's a strong link throughout the Bible of integrity and walking. In fact, in that, that psalm that I read you, Psalm 26 verse 1 says, I have walked in my integrity. And then near the end, in verse 11, it says, and I shall walk in my integrity. And in fact, so many places throughout the Bible where you get the word integrity, it talks about walking in integrity, walking in my integrity. Integrity is something we do, we live it out. It's not just something that goes on in here, although that's important, and it's not just something that comes out of here, but it actually should, should go through everything we're doing. We should be living it out. Just to give you a few other examples... Uh, I, I told you about when God spoke to Solomon, he said that his, da his dad David uh, walked with integrity of heart. Proverbs 2, 6 to 8 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. Proverbs 10, 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Proverbs 19.1, better is a poor man, a poor person who walks in his, in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Proverbs 20, verse 7, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. And Proverbs 28.18, whoever walks in his, in his integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. The New Testament puts it like this in Ephesians, and it's quoted from this recently when I was talking about community. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Paul there in his letters to Ephesians is, is expanding some of this idea of what integrity is, but he uses that phrase, walking, walking in the manner to which you were called. You know, we are people of God. We are his sons and daughters. If you call yourself a Christian here this morning, you belong to the king. 
and we are called to walk in the manner to which we're called. We're no longer people of darkness. We have been brought into a kingdom of light. So we need to make sure we walk in a way that honours God and honours what we actually are. Sometimes it costs us when we do that. Sometimes it's a challenge. But that's what we're called to do. And the amazing thing is people notice. People notice when we walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Because actually people are looking all the time. At this same school, um, when I was deputy head, we, one of the things we had to do was decide on all sorts of different curricula that we were going to be teaching. And one of the areas that's always a bit tricky is how are you going to teach sex ed to primary school children? Because there is a legal requirement. They have to learn something about sex and relationships. And I remember having this whole discussion as a leadership team. And from a Christian, feeling quite awkward. Well, where do we sit with this? What, what, what do I feel comfortable with? And uh, we sent off for various sample TV programs that were out there that were aimed at primary schools. And we had one come through the door that was supposed to be the, the most popular one that primary schools were subscribing to. And we watched it and I thought, oh my goodness, it's just not appropriate. I don't feel comfortable with this. Now, I had two choices at that point. I could have just thought, well, this is what people are doing. This is how it is. Got to provide something. Or I go with my conscience and, my, and what being in, having integrity and saying, look, I just can't do this. Fortunately, I was in a good position as deputy head to be able to have a strong voice, but I couldn't sit there and take it. So we actually sent it back to the, the publishers with a note saying, this is just not appropriate. Ironically, Joshua's still showing that one this week to him. But anyway. <laughs> People notice. You know, they knew where I stood. And if I hadn't said anything, they would go, well, why, why aren't you speaking up? I had a responsibility. They knew I was a Christian. There was a time long, long before when I, when I was studying, I, I worked at Burton's clothes shop. And it just shows how long ago it is because most of us now have forgotten the fact that shops didn't used to open on Sundays. And there was this new thing being trialed when I worked at Burton's, Sunday opening. And okay, it was, it was just going to be for peak periods only, just in the four weeks leading up to Christmas or just over a summer special event. And then I had that decision to make. And I know many of us don't have that opportunity now, but at the time you could decide whether you were going to work on the Sunday or not. You could say, I'm not going to be available. And I could have just gone with it. I was on a zero-hour contract, which meant I didn't get paid if I didn't work. Sundays, yeah, great. Extra six hours I could get. But my boss knew I was a Christian. What, what do I do? And so I, decided, I made a stand. I said, look, I'm not going to do this. Church is important to me. God first. I'm going to put God first and my beliefs first in this. And there were times it was really hard when he was, he was basically begging me. He said, look, there's no one else around. I've got one other person to open the shop. We need to open. And while it was flattering to think, you know, he would trust me with that role, I, I, just, I said, I can't. I'm not doing that. And he, and he joked with it, but he respected me for it. It's looking for these opportunities for us to take the stand in whatever it might be in the context that we're in. There mustn't be a mismatch with what we say and what we do. You know, you may have seen those children's books that have sort of the flip books where you can have the character, you can have a different sort of top part and then a bottom part, and it all kind of, it's great fun, kind of the kids enjoy doing it, and you can have the difference. But we shouldn't be like that. We should be the same throughout. 
mustn't just have a Christian veneer on the outside. We need to be the same all the way through. Last week, I, I was trying to tidy up the garden a bit. I haven't managed to get out there for a long time, and there's a bit down the side of our garden that had the sandpit until last year, so it was very sad getting rid of that. It was end of an era. But, so I, I was planting some plants, and I had some plants sat in pots along it for, for pretty much a year now since I got rid of the sandpit. And I was thinking, those plants aren't doing very well. I need to put them in the ground. So the first plant I started, I wanted it right near the patio, started digging, ground looked great, I got down this far and I hit solid concrete. Well, clearly I couldn't put the plant there, it wouldn't have survived. From the surface, it looked like it would be a perfect position. But actually, when I dug down, it showed actually it would be useless. It wouldn't be able to support the plant. We need to be the same all the way through. We need to be good, not just on the surface. That's what integrity is about. It's about walking the walk. Notice how David put it in the psalm, actually. He starts by saying, I have walked in my integrity. He's done it historically. He's declaring it. And as he comes towards the end of the psalm, he declares, I shall walk in integrity. It's constant walking, committing. I haven't wavered from the Lord, he says in verse 1 as well. And I think a really important part of this is how we say things particularly in work context, but with anyone, when we're making promises. We need to make sure if we're saying we're going to do something, we actually do it. Because it's those sorts of things that knock people's opinions of us. If we're going to be people of integrity, if we say we're going to do something, if we're committing to do something, we need to see it through. In whatever context that may be, whether it's church life or work life or home life, wherever. Our yes really needs to be our yes and our no, our no. And again, that's hard. And sometimes it's just because we've forgotten. We need to do all we can to make sure we remember if we've made a promise. Put a note on our phone, we promise to do this or whatever. Because whether we forgot it or not, it will still have the impact on the person you let them down. And we don't want to do that. We want to, if we're being people of integrity, we need to be reliable and trustworthy. So first of all, integrity means not just talking the talk, it means walking the walk. Secondly, integrity means, and I guess it's flows very much on from the first one. It means not living life in compartments. Okay, we've got here a picture. Anyone recognise who this is? Two-Face from Batman, or at least the Lego version of Two-Face from Batman. And uh, Two-Face is uh, this fictional character who, who basically lives two totally different lives. Okay, you can imagine the guy on the right, your left side, uh, very, very nice, respectable man, Delight in meeting him, very well spoken, treats people very well. Probably don't want to meet the guy on the other side. And yet he switches where he is, depending on what he is. And it's possible for us to be like that. We can switch depending on who we're hanging out with, what sort of person we are. Some of us might live one way when we're at church and when we're with Christians. And then when we're with our families or in work, we might behave a completely different way putting our life into boxes and compartments. Well, integrity says no compartments. We're one person wherever we go. Now, it might be that our motives are that we want to fit in. You know, well, if I behave the way I do at church when I'm with my workmates, they'll just think it's weird. So I'm just doing this to fit in. And they might even quote Paul and say, you know, Paul said he became all things for all men. That's not what he had in mind. 
yeah, my friends are going getting out and getting drunk, so I'm just doing it to fit in. That's not what we're called to be. We're called to be people of integrity, meaning the same character wherever we are. 1 Timothy, when Paul's writing to Timothy, and he's making um, criteria for people in church leadership, and he, he quotes, this is what I'm looking for in a deacon, which is a, a, a form of church leadership, and he says they're not to be double-tongued, saying one thing one moment and another thing another moment. We're not to be like that. Yes, we're to be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. People should notice there's a difference about us. Actually, they need us to be different. Integrity, actually, is all about wholeness. That's the root of the word. It's about being whole and one, not lots of different pieces and sections depending on where you are and what you're doing. We should be the same wherever we are as, as far as our character and what it is we believing who we are and, and our beliefs should remain the same. This is in such contrast to the double standards that we see around us. Same character, whenever, whatever, with whoever we are. You know, David in his psalm there, he talks about not joining in. Doesn't necessarily mean he won't be with them, but he's not joining in with the things. I do not sit with the men of falsehood, nor do I consort with the hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. He's not prepared to go along with their way of thinking. John Piper recently put um, a blog online. He was asked um, what his views are uh, on television programs and films that show nudity and make a big thing of nudity. And uh, it's a great blog. If anyone wants to know more, I can tell you later. But his response, he starts his response like this. The closer I get to death and meeting Jesus personally face to face, and giving an account for my life and for the careless words that I've spoken, the more sure I am of my resolve never intentionally to look at a television show or a movie or a website or a magazine where I know I will see photos or films of nudity. Never. That is my resolve. And the closer I get to death, the better I feel about that and the more committed I become. Frankly, I want to invite all Christians to join me in this pursuit of greater purity of heart and mind. In our day when entertainment media is virtually the common language of the world, This is an invitation to be an alien. And I believe with all my heart that what the world needs is radically bold, sacrificially loving, God-besotted freaks and aliens. In other words, I'm inviting you to say no to the world for the sake of the world. The world does not need more cool, hip, culturally savvy, irrelevant copies of itself. That is a hoax that has duped thousands of young Christians. They think they have to be hip, cool, savvy, culturally aware, watching everything in order not to be freakish. And that is undoing them morally and undoing their witness. We're called to be the same, whatever, wherever, even when no one's watching us, because actually we're always before the Lord. That's what David knew. He walked in integrity before the Lord. It was always in his mind, God was watching him. And we can justify things, well, it's not going to hurt anyone because no one's around. It's hurting you. It's having an impact on you, and God sees. We're to be people of integrity, not sometimes here, not over there. God says, throughout. We need to declare like David, I've trusted in the Lord without wavering.
So it means being authentic and consistent in all things rather than chopping and changing. Thirdly, integrity means not lying and cheating. Fairly obvious to everyone, but it's amazing how it can slip in. Pinocchio had a fairly obvious trigger when he lied. To my knowledge, none of our noses grow if we lie. It's easy to get away with it, isn't it? It's the capacity of, of men and women to hide things in the darkness is amazing. We hear about the big stuff, but actually even the big stuff is having to get even bigger to be noticed because it's just accepted. It's just how it is, isn't it? Everyone does it a little bit. Everyone lies a bit, cheats a bit. You know, taking the odd little thing from work. No, everyone does it. It's not big. It's not hurting anyone. That just pervades our society. People of integrity are not to be people who lie and cheat and seek to steal things. Because actually it does wreck lives. Simple truth, whether it's fiddling your expenses, flirting a bit too much at work with a colleague, or a full-blown fraud or affair, it does impact lives. Your life and others. Actually, integrity means being honest. Having an honest approach wherever we are. Links back to the consistency. It's about being honest. It's about having the attitude, I will not cheat in anything, personal or professional. We need to be trustworthy people, people who are well spoken of and have a good reputation. You know, several times in the New Testament, Paul writes and says that we are to be people beyond reproach. Acts 16 talks about Timothy, who then went on to be an amazing church leader. It says, he was the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers. 1 Timothy, Paul is then writing to this man, Timothy, and he's talking about other church leaders being raised up, but it's true of all of us, not just leaders. We are to be above reproach. It comes through time and time again. We need to have an honest approach in all we do so that we are held with good respect and good reputation with people. And there was a time, again, one of these leadership discussions I had at school, and one of my responsibilities was overseeing uh, the computing and the ICT in the school and deciding what software we needed to buy. And uh, the prices for a multi-site license for software are enormous. And the head saying, yeah, yeah, you're right, we do need to buy this software, but how about we just buy a single user license? How tempting it is when you, you know the state of the budget and you're thinking, what? No. We need to speak up. We need to be honest. If I'd said, yeah, you're right, what would that have done to her view of me, that I would accept that? And I knew it would have repercussions for other things we might not be able to buy, but you know, that's what it is. It's the law. And for some of us, maybe it's kind of, well, yeah, a little pen here, or a bit of paper there from the office stationery. We're not to be like that. Time's another way that it can sneak in too. You know, I'll just, I'll just check my Facebook while I'm sat here at work. 
computer's on. Just check my emails. They're not work emails, but yeah, it's okay. I guess it's particularly harder for flexi time as well. It can creep in. We need to be people who are committed to an honest approach in how we use our time, the resources around us. People need to know we can be relied on, that we are a rock. Because there's going to be times when people need us. We are their hope. We were hearing again last week, well, what sort of hope are we if we're no different? Businesses are always looking for people who have integrity. I'm reading this book called The Measure of a Man at the moment, but I think it's equally true for women as well. So the guy who wrote it, he writes, I had a fascinating experience one day when I was conducting a Measure of Man seminar in Chicago. Two men sitting near the front row were obviously interested in what I was sharing about the list of 20 qualities of maturity that Paul outlined in his letters to Timothy and Titus. While I was speaking, they gave me positive feedback, not only with body language, but also with words, such as, that's right, that's true, that's a good point. Encouraged, I went over and sat at their table during the next coffee break. I discovered they were both in upper management in a large steel mill. Furthermore, they were brand new Christians. One of the men said, this is outstanding material. We've heard it before, but not from the Bible. The other man agreed and then added, yeah, I've heard of Timothy before, but this Titus guy, never heard of him. At that moment, I knew I was relating to men who were not only new Christians, but who also knew little about the Bible. And I soon discovered that these were not new to the field of management. They made an observation I'll never forget. You know, they said, this is the first time we've heard this list of qualifications from the Bible. But we've learned from experience in hiring people for middle management positions that these are the kind of people we're looking for. We want employees who have good reputation. We don't want a man who is cheating on his wife or sleeping around because chances are he'll cheat the company. We certainly don't want a man who has all kinds of domestic problems. If he can't handle his own family, how in the world is he going to handle people in our steel mill? These men outlined characteristic by characteristic what they had learned from experience regarding mature qualifications. Interestingly, they realized that their basic list of mature qualifications closely uh, paralleled Paul's list. You know, we are to be people of integrity and people notice. That means having an honest approach. Honest, full stop, end of. Not honest until a point as, but honest. That should mark out our lives. Fourthly, integrity means not pretending. And I think this is actually a huge issue. And I was so pleased this morning that David responded to God's promptings in the night and got these to- the towels out. Because actually, we need to be people who don't wear masks, that are real and authentic. And the act of the towels and people coming down, that was an act of realism, of people being authentic, being prepared to open up and be honest about things they're struggling with. And I think a big problem can be, in churches even, that people just go around pretending, wearing masks, not prepared to let people see what they're really like. And ca- well, for all sorts of reasons. Maybe fear of rejection, fear of what people think. Keeping up a spiritual version of kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Expectation to perform. You know, a Christian must look like this, so I've got to be like this. And we can live like that. Well, actually, none of us are perfect. And integrity doesn't mean we are to be perfect. Integrity means being honest, open, real. Saying, well, actually, I do find this thing difficult. Please help me. 
I really struggle with this. Any ideas? It's no good just projecting a calmness that we've got it all together. What's the point of that? God wants us to be real. There's no great pretenders in his kingdom. Integrity means being real. It means letting those masks down and leaving them down. It means being transparent. It can be scary. Yeah, scary being vulnerable. We're singing afresh this morning about freedom. You're not free to hide behind something you're not. We need to allow people to see us for who we are. It's healthy. It's important. Being accountable to one another. Being real with God, because he knows it anyway. Being real with others if we need help. You know, we, we want to be a church. I was talking two weeks ago about us being a community. We want to be a community that helps and looks after one another. But that involves us actually admitting, yeah, I've, I've got a difficulty here. I'm struggling how to discipline my children. I've got a financial need. I don't know how to do this thing. I keep giving in to this temptation. It's those sorts of things we need to be prepared to do because actually that's how we move on. We all need to be real. I'm not perfect. I have struggles. There's times when I rush in with the kids and get angry with them. And actually, I just need to explain something calmly. I don't always make the right call on my priorities. We all need to be real. That's what integrity is about. And fifthly, integrity means looking to Jesus, accepting who we are in him and following his example. Now, David in the psalm, he looked to God. Your steadfast love is before my eyes and I walk in your faithfulness. He fixed his eyes on God. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus. He is our author and perfecter of our faith. He is our hero. Jesus trusted God without wavering. He trusted him to the cross. He's our ultimate example of integrity. And actually, he's the means by which we can have any real integrity. Let me read you uh, one last quote I came across. Jesus is the perfect example of a man of integrity. After he was baptized, he went into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and nights, during which time Satan came to him at his weakest to try to break his integrity and corrupt him. Jesus was holy man and holy God at the same time, and he temp and was tempted in every way we are. Yet he never sinned. That is the definition of integrity. He is the only one who was ever without blemish, perfect, completely truthful, and always showing a pattern of good works. As sinful human beings, our, integri our integrity is flawed, but Jesus' integrity is perfect. When we are in Christ, we partake of his divine nature, having been given new natures in Christ, and that new nature is one of integrity because it is his nature. The Bible also describes integrity as the truth. What is the truth? Jesus is the only real truth and the only way to attain eternal life. Nobody comes to the Father unless he goes through Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Many times Jesus prefaced his words by saying, truly I say to you, which in essence means I tell you the truth. Jesus never lied, and his actions defined integrity. Once we come to Christ in faith and repentance, he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, who assists us in developing our incorruptible integrity. 
It is impossible to have real integrity without Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. May the Lord give us strong integrity that becomes incorruptible through the power of the Holy Spirit. So integrity means not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. It means living honestly, not looking to lie and cheat. It means being consistent, not living life in different compartments. It means being real and authentic, not hiding behind masks and pretending. It means looking to him, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to hold on to integrity. We need to demonstrate it. As individuals, as a community, we want to be marked out by integrity. People who are faithful, consistent, authentic, honest, vulnerable, real, trustworthy. As Paul charged Timothy at the end of, uh, well, partway through 1 Timothy, he says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save yourself and your hearers. Keep a close watch on yourself. Be people of integrity, true to who we are and what we believe. I want to finish with a video. Um, some of you might have come across this before. It's called The Fellowship of the Unashamed. It's a call, a declaration that we're going to be people true to who we are, people with integrity. I'm going to finish with that, and then maybe we'll worship. <laughs> 